You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 63. Christmas is not just about Jesus being born. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early. This is the place to explore and rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual meaning and see how we can apply it in our daily lives to learn how to pray more effectively, experience the healing presence of God in your life, and begin to get a taste of what Jesus meant when he promised us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how Christmas is not just about Jesus being born. And I just want to take the moment right now to wish you a very Merry Christmas. My hope and prayer is that you will experience God's love and the presence of Christ in your life, not just at Christmas time, but throughout the year, whether it's in your quiet time, whether it's in your busy times, whether it's in challenging times, whatever the situation is, I hope you will experience the spirit of Christmas all year long. When I was a kid, Christmas was about two things. First, it was about baby Jesus being born, but it was also about the presents that we were going to give and the presents we were going to get. The anticipation of what might be under the Christmas tree and getting to unwrap it on Christmas morning was pretty exciting. But the focus always came back to Jesus. We put up a nativity scene in our home, and we read the Christmas story, and it was a wonderful time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And of course, it still is. But just recently, I was thinking, Christmas is so much more than just Jesus being born. It's also about how we respond to Jesus being born. We're going to look at some very familiar passages in the Bible where people respond one way or another to the birth of Jesus. These are stories that we all know. We've heard them so many times. But let's look at these in the context of what our response to Jesus' birth should be. And I have a simple request. As we're exploring these ideas, think of someone that you could share this message with. Okay, let's get started here. As I said, these are very familiar passages in the Bible that relate to Christmas, but I'm still going to go over them because I just want to focus on how all these different people responded to Jesus' birth. The most obvious place to start is with Mary, Jesus' mother. When the angel Gabriel appeared and said, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah and you're going to name him Jesus, she was astounded. But her response at the end of that conversation was, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's Luke 1.38. As I mentioned in last week's episode, quoting this same verse, that was a lot of information to take in, but she accepted it. Mary set such a wonderful example to us 
of responding to the appearing of Christ in our lives. Well, now let's look at Joseph next. Joseph and Mary were engaged, and can you just imagine Mary going to Joseph and saying, well, Joseph, there's something I really have to talk to you about. You can see the love sparkling in his eyes. He loves Mary with all his heart. Then she tells him what the angel Gabriel said to her, and he's crestfallen. So he's trying to figure out what to do, and he's a good man. He's a righteous man. He wants to do the right thing. Of course, we know what was going on, but Joseph didn't, and he was earnestly trying to find the right answer. And that in and of itself is a prayer. And as he continued to try to put all those pieces together and they didn't seem to fit at all, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. And when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary to be his wife. That's in Matthew 1, verses 19 and 20, 24 and 25. Joseph had his doubts when the first evidence of Christ's appearing were presented to him by Mary. It was just too much for him to take in. The human mind just couldn't conceive of it. How many times do we resist what God is revealing to us? Oh no, that's just not possible. That's too good to be true. We need to be like Joseph, whether it's in sleep or something someone says to us, or it's in a quiet moment where we hear God speaking to us and confirming what's really true and what we really need to do. We need to be like Joseph and listen for that angel of the Lord to help us do the right thing. Joseph then responded in the right way because God had revealed this to him. Now, let's think about Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. She was six months pregnant, and Mary, who had just been visited by Gabriel, went to visit Elizabeth, who was her cousin. And when Elizabeth heard Mary come in and offer her greetings, Elizabeth's baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I think this shows Elizabeth's humility, but it also shows that through the Holy Spirit and the leaping of the unborn John the Baptist in her womb, Elizabeth realized that Mary would be the mother of the Messiah. How did she know that? It was revealed to her because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Even her unborn baby responded to the presence of the Messiah. No person told Mary or Elizabeth or Elizabeth's unborn baby that Mary's baby would be the Messiah. And when Mary tried to tell Joseph, he didn't believe her. It was only when God revealed it to these people through the Holy Spirit, that they could accept and understand what was going on. Now, hold on to that thought because we're going to come back to it. Think of the innkeeper. How did he respond to the birth of Christ? The Bible doesn't actually mention an innkeeper, so I'm kind of reading between the lines here. 
but someone provided a stable for Mary and Joseph to stay in, and so I'm just going to call him the innkeeper. We don't know for sure. When Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem, all the inns were filled. There was no place to stay because there were so many extra people in town because of the tax. And the innkeeper, he didn't have a place, but he made a place. He said, well, I know it's not much, but you could stay in the stable. And actually, that was a blessing. It was a quiet place. It was warm. And it was away from the crowds, away from the noise, away from the gossip. So that innkeeper, I think he gave a wonderful blessing and a wonderful gift to Mary and Joseph. We always talk about, you know, is there room at the inn for the Christ in your heart? I think we need to say, do we have a stable for the Christ to be born in in our hearts? We need that place of humility to let Christ be born in our hearts, just like the innkeeper provided for Mary and Joseph. And he didn't even know who he was helping. He had no clue about the bigger picture. And yet, God used him and his generous heart to be of service and to provide for Mary and Joseph. We can learn from that in that you never know who God may be having you help on a bigger purpose that you don't know about, that they don't know about, or vice versa. God may send someone to help you. That's exactly what you need to propel you forward. And the person just thinks they're being nice to you, but there's something much bigger going on. So even from this innkeeper, or whoever it was that found them the stable to stay in, we have an example of how to respond to people in need. You may never know how you've played a supporting role in the appearing of Christ. So Jesus is born, and out in the fields that night, there are shepherds tending their flock, just like they did on many nights. It was the same kind of a night that many nights were, nothing unusual, when all of a sudden, the sky was filled with light and the glory of God. An angel appeared to them, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that was Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Look at what's happening here. The angel is revealing to the shepherds who this baby is. And angels always give all the information you need. They tell you where to go, what to look for, and that's what they do here. Then the angel says, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Then there's a heavenly host of angels, and they're all singing glory, hallelujah. But when all the angels are gone, how do the shepherds respond? I think they're kind of starstruck, literally. When the angels went away, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. That's in Luke 2, 8 through 12. When God revealed it to the shepherds through his angels, there was no doubt, there was no debate, there was no questioning. They had an attitude of, let's go check this out. When God reveals something to you, when you sense the presence of Christ, do you say, let's go check this out? Or do you say, well, I'll check it out later. I'm busy right now. How do you respond when you get one of those heavenly inspirations from God? After Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph 
took him down to Jerusalem. And as they were coming to the temple, this old man comes up. His name was Simeon. The Bible tells us he was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And wait for it, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Do you see a pattern here? And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do to him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took the baby up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Here's a baby Jesus. He's fulfilled a few of the messianic prophecies in his birth, but Simeon doesn't know that. How did he know that this little baby was the Messiah? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and it was revealed to him. The moment he saw baby Jesus, he knew that that was the Christ child. Then Simeon exits stage left and a prophetess, Anna, enters stage right. She had lived with her husband seven years and then she was a widow for 84 years after that. Or some translations say she was 84 and she did not depart from the temple. She was worshiping and fasting and praying night and day. She was so devout. And she came up at that very moment, and she saw Mary and Joseph, and she started telling everybody that this little baby was who they were waiting for, in other words, the Messiah, for the redemption of Jerusalem. The story of Simeon is in Luke 2, 25 through 32, and the story of Anna is in Luke 2, 36 through 38. Now, we haven't talked about the wise men yet. And this is back in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, 11 and 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Well, they find out that it's supposed to be in Bethlehem, and I'm going to get to those verses in a minute. And they, so they go to the house and they see Mary and the child and they fall down and they worshiped him and they opened their treasures and gave him those famous gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod and they went to their own country by another way. How did they know that Jesus was the king of the Jews? God revealed it to them in a language they understood through the natural signs of the universe, the stars. These magi were probably not Jewish, but they were wise men. And God used them, and he spoke to them in a way that they could understand it. That's true today. God still speaks to wise men and women. And of course, the real question is, do we notice when God is talking to us through the natural world? Do we see God speaking to us through the signs and the seasons? We've talked about all these positive responses to Jesus' birth. Now we're going to talk about how King Herod responded to the birth of Christ. When the wise men first came to Jerusalem 
and announced that they were looking for the king of the Jews, Herod called together the chief priests and the scribes, and he asked them where was the Christ to be born. Now, let's give it to the scribes and Pharisees. They knew the prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. But I just want you to imagine what it might have been like in that discussion amongst those religious scholars and authorities when they were talking about where the Messiah would be born. Have you ever been in a discussion about how prophecy is to be interpreted? There's usually more than one opinion on a given scripture. So just imagine how these learned people were discussing this topic. There were probably a lot of human opinions about how this prophecy could or could not be interpreted, would or would not be fulfilled. Can't you just see the mechanism of the human mind in these men start clicking away and trying to figure things out? And then they tell Herod, so the baby's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. So then Herod secretly calls the wise men together and he asks them privately, When did you see the star? Tell me about it. And then he says to them, this is Matthew 2, 8, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. That was not really his motive. He was concealing his real feelings. Or maybe his feelings changed over time. We don't really know for sure, but we know how his motives ended up. Because later on, After the wise men did not come back, Herod realized he'd been tricked, and he became furious. He sent soldiers to Bethlehem and had all the male children two years old and under killed, because that's how long it had been since the wise men had left him. So in order to wipe out any possibility of a political rival, he went and had all those babies and toddlers killed. That's how Herod responded to the birth of Christ. And that is how the worldly-minded today respond to the birth of Christ. Sometimes even those who say they believe in Jesus, but they are so worldly-minded that they're really not bearing witness to the birth of Christ in their lives. In reading all these scriptures again, I saw something very interesting, and you may have picked up on it because I've sort of hinted at it. With everyone except Herod, And we don't know exactly about the innkeeper, but with everyone except Herod, all these revelations of who Jesus is come from God in one way or another, through the star, through the angels, through the Holy Spirit. But with Herod, he doesn't ask God. He doesn't even know the scriptures himself, even though he's supposedly the king of the Jews at that point, politically. He goes to the religious authorities. And, of course, they know the literal answer, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. But he's conferring with men instead of God. I think that's his fatal flaw. He didn't have a relationship with God. God may have actually been revealing it to Herod. Herod saw the star, but he didn't know what it meant. God was revealing it to everyone, in a sense, but only the wise men knew what it meant. I think God is revealing to all of us all the time things that we may or may not be perceptive of because of where our heart is. Are we turning to people for advice and counsel instead of to God? 
Do we look up to people in religious or political or financial authority to do our thinking for us without including God? That's what Herod was doing. If we're turning to people for the counsel that we should be turning to God for, we may not get the right answer, and we probably won't recognize the right answer if it's given to us. That's one of the differences between Herod and all these other people. He didn't have a relationship with God where he could hear God's voice talking to him, and he took what other people said instead of what God said. I just want to point out here, have you noticed that God has chosen to reveal to both men and women, both rich and poor, both very old and very young, not even born yet, that Jesus is the Messiah? You have Mary and Joseph, obviously. You have Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias, and even little baby John the Baptist before he's born. And of course, there's Simeon and Anna. And then we have the contrast between the shepherds coming to see baby Jesus and the wise men who have expensive gifts. God is revealing who Jesus is to all mankind, male, female, young, old, rich, poor. God loves all mankind. This is a pattern that we'll see throughout Jesus's ministry, and we should see it today as well. Men and women rich and poor, young and old, all of us have an important role to play in bearing witness to the appearing of the Christ. So, let's think of all these stories and how they relate to us. How do we respond to the birth of Jesus? We think of that as being so many hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but we need to come to the stable today in our hearts. How will you respond to the birth of Christ? What gift will you bring? I don't mean just at Christmas time. People love to say, oh, well, we have to keep the Christ in Christmas. People get all bent out of shape because somebody said happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. That's not what Christmas is all about, just saying the words Merry Christmas. How about let's keep the Christ in Christmas every day of the year? Let's keep the Christ in our hearts every day of the year. And what does that really mean, to keep the Christ in Christmas? Well, I would say it's about following Jesus' example, having the mindset of Christ. Paul says we have the mind of Christ. In other words, we need to think and act like Jesus did. That's to me what Christmas is all about. It's the appearing of the Christ. How does the Christ appear in your life? How do you respond to it? How do you relate to it? How do you share that message with others? When the shepherds figured out what was really going on, they went and told everybody. Do we tell everyone of what Christ has done in our lives? How Christ has appeared to us? How the Spirit of Christ is born in our hearts? or we rediscover this presence of Christ, however you want to put it. How do we respond? How do we share? What do we do in our lives when that happens? Is that happening at all? I hope it is. It takes being quiet, being still, just you and God. I know life gets busy, but I hope you have some time each day, especially during the Christmas season, to be alone with God. 
and just be in his presence and hear his angels and experience the appearing of Christ. We all need that quiet time to to put some hay in the manger, to prepare a place for the birth of Christ in your heart, and not just at Christmas time. I'm going to close with a Christmas benediction that I wrote many years ago. This is my Christmas wish and blessing for you. May your heart hear the songs of angels, and may the star of Bethlehem shine on the gift you bring the Christ child. I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, in the show notes, I'll have all the scripture references from today's episode. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 063. If you have any questions or comments, or if there's any way I can be of help on your spiritual journey, please be in touch. The best way is to punch the contact tab on the website at thebiblespeakstoyou.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast and don't want to miss any episodes, go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, click on the podcast tab, and scroll down or look on the side. You'll see a place to put your name and email. Just fill that out and respond to the confirmation email you get, and you'll be on my list. You'll never miss an episode. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week and have a very Merry Christmas. God bless. We'll see you next time.